So last week, I introduced us to the prophet Hosea and his dream or this vision uh, for his people that they would return to the Lord so that the Lord might revive them, uh, raise them up even. Uh, Hosea used the, uh, the visual of, of resurrection uh, for the people. And, and just as Hosea sought uh, after his adulterous wife Gomer, you know, so our Lord continued to go after the adulterous uh, people of Israel so that they might return to him. And then Hosea went on to envision a time where the people might sincerely desire to know the Lord. Uh, it, he puts it to press on to know the Lord. And, and I called on us as a church, uh, not just to share in Hosea's dream, but to share, but to make his dream an actual reality, that we too as individuals and as a church would press on uh, to know the Lord as part of our vision for uh, 2020. And I talked about how uh, to press on means to pursue or to chase after. So the question is, do you pursue Jesus? Do you chase after Jesus? I mean, when you read Scripture, are you determined that God would reveal himself to you? Would, are you determined that, that he reveal, would reveal himself to you in some way, that he would speak to you in some way when you read Scripture? Are you determined that, that the Lord would reveal something about yourself in some way? And when you pray to the Lord, are you relentless in your pursuit? Are you determined that God should hear you? I know that Scripture tells us that God hears your prayers, but do you actually believe it? Do you actually believe that God hears your prayers? I want, to hear you, I want you to hear someone pursuing God in prayer here. This is all from Psalm 86. It says, Hear me, Lord, and answer me. Guard my soul. Save your servant. Bring joy to your servant. Hear my prayer, he says. Listen to my cry for mercy. Teach me your way, Lord. Give me an undivided heart. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show me your strength. Save me. Give me a sign of your goodness, he says. That's, that's David pursuing God. In, in just 17 verses for that psalm. Do you pursue God like that? Hear me. Save me. Teach me. Turn to me. Bring joy to me. We'll come to that, back to that psalm later, but first I want to go back to Hosea and verse 6-3 because there's a, a picture, a beautiful picture there we didn't talk about last week. Uh, put there by Hosea about his God, about our God who wants us to pursue him, who wants us to know him. So the verse starts out with, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord, and it continues. His going out, the Lord's going out, is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. Now when, when Hosea says of the Lord, his, his going out is as sure as the dawn, he's talking about God's appearance. 
as in God's appearance or God's presence is as sure as the dawn, as sure as the rising of the sun in the morning. The NIV puts it like this, as surely as the sun rises, he will appear, God will appear. In other words, when we press on to seek the Lord, when we pursue the Lord to know him, we can be sure that God will respond to us. He will respond to our persistence. He will come to us as surely as the sun rises. And I was trying to think of the instances in history where you know, the sun didn't do its thing, when the sun wasn't as predictable. And I, I came up with when Isaiah the prophet was asked for a sign by the king of Judah, uh, Hezekiah, that the Lord made the shadow, of the, um, the shadow of the sundial go backwards. That's one. And then when the sun stood still, you know, stood still uh, for Joshua, in other words, the day was lengthened. And then when darkness fell over the land uh, for three hours when Jesus was crucified. So those are the only times in history where I can think of that the sun wasn't as dependable as Hosea describes it here. And of course, all those occurrences were at the hand of God. The point is that God is as dependable. He's as dependable and faithful as the morning sun rising in the morning, in the dawn. And we often confuse our frustration of not knowing when or how God will respond to us with thoughts that, well, maybe God doesn't hear us. Maybe God doesn't respond to us. But God does respond. He does appear, but in his ways and in his timing and for our good and for his glory. And, and Hosea also says that the Lord, he will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. So again, here, here's a beautiful picture of our, our faithful God. So God is not only as reliable as the sun, but he brings blessing just like the seasonal rains on which the people of Israel depended uh, literally for their lives. In, in the area of the, of the promised land, uh, most of the rain occurred between early December and March. And so the showers of the early December rains would soften the ground uh, for sowing, for sowing the seed. And then the spring rains of early March would, um, would uh, strengthen the new crops as they were uh, beginning to develop. And the summers are very dry there, so the rain in general is seen as a great blessing over there, and, and as it is here as well. So as we pursue and seek God, you know, we can be sure that God will prove to be as faithful as the sun rising in the morning, and he will bring blessings such as the rains in a dry land. God says he brings us his presence as sufficiently as he brings the spring showers to water the land. So the lesson here is obvious, that we need to stay in close communion with God. We need to stay in close communion with our Lord if we're to enjoy the full blessing of his presence. And we need to continually seek God for fresh guidance and have the faith and patience to watch him supply our needs. I mean, how awesome it is to serve the God, not, not just any God, but the God who shows himself strongest in our weakest moments. Amen?
So God, God can transform our doubt into an expectation that He will provide. He will provide new mercies and grace, as the Scripture says, even every morning. And every, every challenge we face is, is just another opportunity for us to let go of the things we don't control and let go of the things we can't control and then depend on God's goodness, which He does control. And when we learn to receive God's supply or, or God's provision instead of our own sufficiency, we realize that nothing is too difficult for God. Uh, m- maybe you're facing a trial today. Maybe your, your trial is a difficult marriage. Or maybe your, your son or your daughter or your spouse isn't walking with the Lord. You know, maybe, maybe you're not sure how to move forward in, in your life. Uh, your trial is physical healing or you're suffering from some sort of loss. Um, maybe you're stuck in a lousy job. I mean, that's a trial. I've had some lousy jobs in the past and I was thankful for God's provision, but at the same time, I was praying for a new job. Maybe that's your trial. Whatever the case, whatever the trial, uh, remember that we have a God who can supernaturally provide for our needs. And of course, what we need most is a Savior. A dependable Savior, a faithful Savior, a proven Savior. A Savior as dependable and faithful as, as the morning sun rising and as, the, as dependable as the spring rains. And so, as Matthew describes the scene in the upper room, with uh, Jesus and the disciples, you know, before the events of the crucifixion, we see the continued faithfulness of Jesus. It, it says, now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So while these these words of Jesus could mean so much more, at the very least, his words are a guarantee, a a guarantee of a covenant fulfilled and of a, a mission accomplished. And when Jesus said those words, there was an assurance that he would accomplish what he set out to do which was to die on the cross. And Jesus tells the disciples to see the cup of the new covenant as his own blood, which was was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And and this forgiveness only extends to those who confess their sins, as 1 John John 1.9 points out, which leads to repentance and faith. We read about in Mark 1.15, which is what Jesus requires in the Gospel of the Kingdom of God, repentance and faith. And this salvation provided by Jesus through faith in Him is as assured and guaranteed as the sun rising in the morning and as the seasonal rains in the Promised Land. That's the picture that Hosea gives us. So returning 
to Psalm 86, in between David's pursuit of God, in between his calls for the Lord to hear me and teach me and turn to me, in between those words, David also has these words, words of comfort and assurance. Because he says, you are my God. He says, for you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. He says, you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. He also says, you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the realm of the grave. Your Bible might say Sheol. And then, you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. So that's his, his assurance. That's his, his comfort in between his pursuit of the Lord. So even as David cries out to the Lord, even as he pursues God, he's comforted by the faithfulness of a good and loving and faithful God. And when, when we partake of the Lord's table together, we're reminded of all those declarations of David. We're reminded that they're true, that he is our God. He is good and forgiving and abounding in steadfast love how he's helped us and comforted us. We're reminded that Jesus is as dependable and faithful as the sun rising in the morning, not just because of his words, but because Jesus did what he said he was going to do. Three times in the book of Matthew alone, Jesus told his disciples what was going to happen to him. Chapter 6 Verse 21, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus' mission of reconciliation between God and man was accomplished. Praise God for that. And because of the faithful, faithfulness of Jesus, we can have faith in Him. As Paul says to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, he says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. So all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And when Jesus instituted the Lord's table as a means through which we might remember Him and His great sacrifice on our behalf, He did so for those who believed in Him. Therefore, we ask that if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, that you would just let the elements pass by, but not without considering what this means for you, not without considering what it is that's keeping you from putting your faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because all of God's promises to save you from your sin have been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. You only need to trust Him. His salvation is, de is as dependable as the rising of the morning sun and the coming of the spring rains.
Praise God. Praise God.